0: what's up muggles and nerds welcome to another episode of the daily science report i've got a cool one for you in a report from interestingengineering.com which is questionable at best uh in a world first physicists move light back and forth in time simultaneously the experiment could help form a unified theory of quantum gravity this should blow my noggin Scientists have, for the first time ever, made light appear to move simultaneously forward and backward in time. The new method achieved by an international group of scientists could help create novel quantum computing techniques and give scientists better understanding of quantum gravity. Report from Live Science Reveals, it was achieved thanks to a combination of two principles that form part of the bizarre world of quantum mechanics. What is quantum time flip? Ooh, I like this. Got a little ad. Got a... two independent teams of scientists conducted their experiments side by side and achieved what they describe as a quantum time flip in which a photon exists both in forward and backward time states at the same time. Essentially, this is achieved via the convergence of quantum superposition and charge parity and time reversal symmetry, um, CPT symmetry. Uh, both of which are principles of quantum mechanics, meaning they describe the physical properties of atoms and subatomic particles. The former quantum superposition is a phenomenon that sees particles exist in several different states until they're observed, while the latter, CPT, is a principle that. States, any system containing particles will obey the same physical laws even if their charge, spatial coordinates, and movements are precisely reversed. Superposition is famously described by the thought experiment Schroeder's cat, in which a hypothetical cat is <clears throat> hypothetical cat is considered simultaneously alive and dead due to the fact that it is life in the hands of a random subatomic event that both takes place and doesn't take place until it's observed. Each team published the results of their twin experiments in an October 31st paper and a November 2nd paper both of which are yet to be peer-reviewed new experiments could help develop a unified theory of quantum gravity during their experiments the scientists placed a particle of light a photon in superposition to allow it to travel both forward and backward in time which is what they do to do so both teams um, let me do that I don't okay. That both teams split a photon along a superposition of two separate paths through a crystal. While the superposed photon moved in a regular manner through the crystal, another path was also devised to change the photon's polarization where it points in space to make it move as though it were traveling backward in time. Okay, I have to read that for myself one more time. Superposed for them move in a regular manner through the crystal. Another path was also devised to change the photon's polarization where it points in space to make it move as though it were traveling backward in time. Interesting. Science, okay. With polarization of the crystal, scientists then recombine the superposed photons by making them move through another crystal. They then measured the photon polarization and found a quantum inf- interference pattern. This pattern made up of light and dark stripes would only be possible if the photon were moving in both directions. Their findings could allow for more enhanced processing and quantum computing as they showed that time flips could be linked to reversible logic gates to allow simultaneous computation in both directions. The work also adds to the scientific community's understanding of the world of quantum mechanics and could help in the quest of a unified theory of quantum gravity that marries the general theory of relativity with the principles of quantum mechanics. This is big stuff. Um, It also uh, lends credibility and uh, legitimacy to hippies and their crystals. So suck it, normies. Um <laughs> we're doing motherfucking time flips over here. Y'all don't even y'all don't even have crystals. Uh of course, I I'd love I'd love to know what kind of crystal they used for the experiment. So let's see if I could actually get a source on that baddie, huh? And I might as well drop that link for you guys too. Just so I could be cool. Um but I'd love to get in more contact with the actual study. Two studies, two papers dropped. Okay, so Ah, uh, fundamental level, the dynamics of quantum fields this is called the experimental demonstration of input, output, and definiteness in a single quantum device. So at the fundamental level, the dynamics of quantum fields is invariant under the combination of time reversal. Charge conjunction. <laughs> I love this word. Charge conjugate. Charge conjugation and parity inversion. So let's look into these terms real quick because I don't think any of us know what that is. Um, so let's get into some vocabulary terms. Charge conjugation. Let's look at what this kind of is. Charge conjugation. I love vocabulary. I have to type it. Sorry about the wait. Conjugation. It's a mathematical operator that changes the sign of the charge and of the magnetic movement of every particle in the system to which it is applied. Theoretical conversion of matter to antimatter or of antimatter to matter. Charge conjugation. C-symmetry in physics, charge conjugation is a transformation that switches all particles with their corresponding antiparticles. So that is a transformation that switches all particles with their corresponding antiparticles, thus changing the sign of all charges, not only electric charge, but also charges relevant to other forces. Term C symmetry is an abbreviation of the phrase charge conjugation symmetry and is used to, in discussions of the symmetry of physical laws under charge conjugation. Other important Discrete symmetries are P-symmetry and T-symmetry. These discrete symmetries are C, P, and T, the symmetries of the equations that describe the known fundamental forces of nature, electromagnetism, gravity, the strong and weak interactions, verifying whether some given mathematical equation correctly models nature requires, giving physical interpretation not only to continuous symmetries such as motion and time, but also to its discrete symmetries, and then discrete uh determining whether nature adheres to these symmetries. Interesting. Reminds me of the E8. I did a little uh presentation on E8 at the math club at the college I went to as a community college. Apparently it was the most dank uh math club meeting they'd ever had. <laughs> uh, they loved it. Uh so that was pretty rad. Um, I like that. Let's go on to the next one, which would be, oh Lord, where am I? Oh my doofus. Do I have to go back? No. Where did I pull that legitimate stuff up? Where's the legitimate window? Window with legitimate stuff. Oh my God got a lot of stuff to uh, filter through here. Anyway, um, if I get too lost, we might just wrap it up here. Go to the next one. We'll just go to the next one. Go to the next story. That was cool. We're not going to get too hung up on vocabulary terms this morning in quantum physics. That'll be a whole nother show. Uh, But yeah, it's good to know, get a little taste of what they're talking about there. Um, Oh, wow. This is so cute um you guys know how much i love oh man this is gonna be a whole episode i can't do this right now but this is absolutely going to be an episode for later i'm sorry i'm so sorry i'm gonna we're gonna start a new one up let's see what's new Let's go with the news okay so we have a blood test for alzheimer's before symptoms Woo! I wonder if it has anything to do with aluminum. New blood tests can detect toxic protein years before Alzheimer's symptoms emerge. Researchers can detect toxic small aggregates of a particular protein in the blood of individuals with Alzheimer's disease, as well as in individuals who showed no signs of cognitive impairment at the time the blood sample was taken. But who developed it at a later date? What? But who developed it at a later date? All right, okay, I see. So I just read that wrong, um, like an idiot. Researchers can detect toxic small aggregates in particular of a particular protein in the blood of individuals with Alzheimer's disease, as well as in individuals who showed no signs of cognitive impairment at the time blood sample was taken, but who developed it at a later date. The blood test picks up. Oligomers or small misfolded aggregates of the amyloid beta protein, which scientists believe triggers the development of Alzheimer's. So, today, by and large, patients receive a diagnosis of Alzheimer's only after they exhibit well known signs of the disease, such as memory loss. But at that point, best treatment options simply slow further progress of symptoms. Uh, Research has shown the seeds of Alzheimer's are planted years, even decades earlier, long before the cognitive impairments surface that make a diagnosis possible those seeds are amyloid beta proteins that misfold and clump together forming small aggregates called oligomers over time through a process scientists are still trying to understand those toxic oligomers of amyloid beta are thought to develop an uh understand how those toxic oligomers of amyloid beta are thought to develop in Alzheimer's. A team led by researchers at the University of Washington have developed a laboratory test that can measure levels of amyloid beta ol- oligomers in blood samples as they report in a paper published the week of December 5th in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Their test shown by the acronym SOBA, S-O-B-A, could detect oligomers in oligomers, I like oligomers better, can detect oligomers in the blood of patients with Alzheimer's disease. I know it's not right, but it's just better that way. Uh, Not in most members of a control group who showed no signs of, but not in most members of a control group who showed no signs of cognitive impairment at the time the blood samples were taken. However, SOBA did detect oligomers in the blood of 11 individuals from the control group. Follow-up examination records were available for ten of these individuals, and all were diagnosed years later with mild cognitive impairment or brain pathology consistent with Alzheimer's disease. Essentially, for these ten individuals, SOBA had detected the toxic uh, oligomers before symptoms surfaced. What clinicians and researchers have. Wanted is a reliable diagnostic uh, test for Alzheimer's disease and not just an assay that confirms a diagnosis of Alzheimer's, but one that can also detect signs of the disease before cognitive impairment happens. That's important for individuals' health and for all the research into how toxic oligomers of amyloid beta go in and cause the damage that they do. So that was senior author Valerie Daggett, A.U.W. Professor of Bioengineering, faculty member at the UW Molecular Engineering Sciences Institute. What we show here is that SOBA may be the basis of such a test. SOBA, which stands for Soluble Oligomer Binding Assay. Assay. assay exploits a unique property of the toxic oligomers when misfolded amyloid beta proteins begin to clump into oligomers they form a structure known as alpha sheet alpha sheets are not ordinarily found in nature and past research um, by Daggett's team showed that alpha sheets tend to bind to other alpha sheets. The heart of Soba is a synthetic alpha sheet designed by her team that combined bind to oligomers and samples of either cerebrospinal fluid or blood. The test can then use standard methods to confirm that the oligomers attached to the test surface are made of amyloid beta proteins. Pretty cool. The team uh, tested SOBA on blood samples from 310 research subjects who previously made their blood samples and some of their medical records available for Alzheimer's research. At the time, blood samples had been taken. Subjects were recorded as having no signs of cognitive impairment, mild cognitive impairment, Alzheimer's disease, or other form of dementia. Sober detected oligomers in the blood of individuals with mild impairment and moderate to severe Alzheimer's in 53 cases. The research subjects' diagnosis of Alzheimer's was verified after death by autopsy in the blood samples of 52 of them, which had been taken years before their deaths, contained toxic oligomers. Soba also detected oligomers in those members of the control group whose records show later development of mild cognitive impairment. Blood samples from other individuals in the control group who remained unimpaired lacked toxic oligomers. Uh, Daggett's team is working with scientists at Alt-Pep, a UW spin-out company, to develop Soba into diagnostic test for oligomers. The study In the study, the team also showed that SOBA easily could be modified to detect toxic oligomers and another type of protein associated with Parkinson's disease and the Lewy body dementia. We're finding many of the human diseases are associated with the accumulation of toxic oligomers that form these alpha sheet structures, said Daggett. Not just Alzheimer's, but also Parkinson's type 2 diabetes and more. Soba is picking up that unique alpha sheet structure. So we hope that this method can help in diagnosing and studying many other protein misfolding diseases. Sorry about the goofy voice, dude. Uh, Daggett believes the assay has further potential. We believe SOBA could aid in identifying individuals at risk for incubating the disease as well as serve as a readout of therapeutic efficiency or efficacy to aid in development of early treatments for Alzheimer's disease. Uh, Lead author on the study is Dylan Shea, doctoral student in UW Department of Bioengineering's Molecular Engineering Program. co authors are Elizabeth Colsado of the VA Puget Sound Healthcare System, Alex Smith, UW Research Assistant Professor of Physiology and Biophysics, Courtney Paschel, a student at the UW Medical Scientist Training Program, Dr. Schumann, or Suman, a UW Assistant Professor of Neurology, Dr. Dirk Keene, a UW Professor of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology, Douglas Glasgow, Professor of Neurosciences at the University of California, San Diego, Dr. Andrew Koch, Assistant Professor of Neurological Surgery at the UW, and G. Lee, Dr. Elaine Peskine, both of the UW Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences and the VA Puget Sound Healthcare System. The research was funded by the National Institutes of Health, the Washington Research Foundation, and the Northwest Mental Illnesses Research (laughs) Education and Clinical Center and uh, here's the link <laughs> I really just gotta like rely on you guys for the links on that shit now you see why I don't read the whole thing I just felt like doing that once as an example of why I don't <laughs> here's a link to that one here's a link to the one before cause I'm slow on the draw Um. hey where'd that link go Oy vey, sorry guys At least I mentioned interesting engineering. Here's the actual link. I could have sworn I took it before, I don't know. Sometimes this situation's a little janky. Um, So there's the uh, cool thing about getting jiggy with light. Um, And let's see what else we got in the news. The new news. Soba. (laughs) That's cute. So, harvesting untapped source of fresh water. Ooh, we've got all kinds of cool things. Some cool news here. First ever domestication of cats. All right, we'll we'll just take a slight detour into cats, just for the cat people. Feline genetics help pinpoint first ever domestication of cats. Cat genes reveal how invention of agriculture bonded cats with people in ancient uh, Mesopotamia, leading to a worldwide feline migration with humans. Oh, yeah, the ability to keep mice down and are good friends for that. So pretty cool. Mesopotamia. All right, that's that story. I'm not wasting too much time on that. (laughs) Uh, That makes sense. harvesting untapped source of fresh water here's the important stuff that's how we avoid being distracted researchers propose new structures to harvest untapped source of fresh water university of illinois urbana campaign used bureau a bureau bureau (laughs) all right guys here we go in and almost limitless support Supply of fresh water exists in the form of water vapor above Earth's oceans yet remains untapped. Researchers said, well, a new study from the University of Illinois Urbana campaign is the first to suggest an investment in new infrastructure capable of harvesting oceanic water vapor as a solution to limited supplies of fresh water in various locations around the world. This is not a bad idea, guys. The study, led by Civil Environmental Engineering Professor Prairie Research Institute Executive Director Praveen Kumar evaluated 14 water stress locations across the globe and the feasibility of a hypothetical structure capable of capturing water vapor from above the ocean and condensing it into fresh water and do so in a manner that will remain feasible in the face of continued climate change. Kumar, graduate student Afifa Rahman and atmospheric sciences professor, Francina Dominguez published their findings in the Journal of Nature Scientific Reports. In the Journal Nature, under the Scientific Reports section, sorry guys. uh, Water scarcity is a global problem and hits close to home here in the U.S. regarding the sinking water levels in the Colorado River Basin, which affects the whole western U.S. However, subtropical regions like the western U.S. nearby oceans are continuously evaporating water because there is enough solar radiation due to the very little cloud coverage throughout the year. Previous wastewater wa- waste recycling, cloud seeding, and desalination techniques have not have met only limited success. The researchers said through deployed, uh, though deployed in some areas across the globe, desalination plants face sustainability issues because of the brine and heavy metal laden wastewater produced. Oh my god! Ugh, so much so that well, let's do it, guys. You know it's something that needs to be done. I feel like it's our God. We owe the ocean, you know? Uh, anyway, so much that California has recently rejected measures to add new desalination plants. I gotta let my dog in real quick. Uh. Okay, he's good. He's chilling. Sorry, guys. Eventually we need to find a way to increase the supply of fresh water as a conservation as conservation and recycled water from existing sources, albeit essential, will not be sufficient to meet human needs. We think our newly processed method can do that at large scales. The researchers performed atmospheric and economic analysis of the placement of a hypothetical offshore structure, 210 meters in width and 100 meters in height. Through their analysis, the researchers concluded that capturing moisture over er ocean surfaces is feasible for many water stress regions worldwide. The estimated... Um, water yield of the proposed structures could provide fresh water for large population centers in the subtropics. One of the more robust projections of climate change is that dry regions will get drier and wet areas will get wetter. The current regions experiencing water scarcity will likely be even drier in the future, exacerbating the problem. Dominguez said, unfortunately, people continue moving to water limited areas like the southwestern U.S., However, this projection <laughs> of increasingly arid conditions favors the new ocean vapor harvesting technology. The climate projections show the oceanic vapor flux will only increase over time, providing even more freshwater supply. So the idea we are proposing will be feasible under climate change. This provides a much needed and effective approach for adaptation to climate change, particularly to vulnerable populations living in arid and semi-arid regions of the world. The researchers said one of the more elegant features of this proposed solution is that it works like the natural water cycle. The difference is that we can guide where the evaporated water from the ocean goes. Um, When... Praveen approached me with the idea. We both wondered why nobody had thought about it before because it seemed like such an obvious solution, but it hadn't been done before. And I think it's because researchers are so focused on land based solutions, but our study shows other options do, in fact, exist. The researchers said the study opens the door for more novel infrastructure investments that can effectively address the increasing global scarcity of fresh water. And the University of Illinois, Urbana, can. Uh, Champagne, the Lovell Professorship in the Department of Civil and Environmental Engineering, the University of Scholar Program, and the National Science Foundation supported this research. <clears throat> and here's a link to the research. Boom. And I'm going to wrap it up with that one. Um, nice, quick little science report. Got three reports in there. Boom. Bam. That'll work, I believe. I hope that link works. I don't know if that's a good link. Sorry, guys. Let me try that one more time. Let me try that one more time. It's going to be this whole thing. I'm just going to open it and then grab it for you guys like a wise guy. Let's try it like this. Try it this time. How about that? That's better. All right. You dudes have an excellent week. I've got a whole free day ahead of myself. I didn't even realize I had, so... I'm going to go get a lot of really good work done and you guys have a good one too.